It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Good morning. Time for the farm show here at the Shank of the Day on Wax 104.5. As Joe and Krista and myself, Bob Bosol, bring you the news in agriculture around the area, around Wisconsin, around the nation, and around the world as part of the Midwest Farm Report family. We've got markets, 13 first alert weather. We'll look at all kinds of calendar items and what's going on in the world of agriculture. Again, it's time for the farm show on Wax 104.5. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Weather's not going to be as good as yesterday, but still not too bad. Good morning, Tuesday morning. We're about 40 right now up north. It's uh, in the 30s. But and maybe tonight across some of the really northern counties, a few flurries might fly. But other than that, not too bad as we get things uh, underway this morning with the farm show. Bob and Jill with you. Jill's back from uh, being on the road down at the uh, Indianapolis Convention. How many people were there, Jill? I know you were talking about this yesterday morning. Over 72,000 members, advisors, and guests. Wow. That's, that's a, a new record. Crowd. It is. It's a new record. Oh, boy. But they still don't take the state pictures. They don't take the state pictures. Oh, that's a shame because I like to go into the FFA rooms over the years and see all those pictures of all the Wisconsin students that are down at the FFA convention. Makes for a nice souvenir, too, for the kids or the advisors to know uh, who went with them or whatever. But uh, COVID kind of changed that, and they never put it back in. That's too bad. Yep, they've never put it back in. And and COVID ended up changing a lot of the um, contests, too, because they do a lot more virtual interviews and and virtual presentations before they even get down to conventions. So. Yeah, I know they kind of limit it a little bit and uh, kind of use that to kind of trim some of the things they have to do down at convention because there's a lot going down. How big was the career show? I always wonder about the career show because uh, it's a huge event down there. The companies come in with a lot of expense and bring in some pretty exotic uh, displays. It, it was huge. Uh, that room is huge, but it was packed to the gills. And it was packed with uh, students going through it. The engagement between the exhibitors and the students was amazing. Um, I found some uh, freight farm that I found very interesting. And some what? A freight farm. What was that? It's uh, like a freight box. Yeah. And then it has all hydroponic plants and oh, really? and everything that you need to. Mm, Grow your hydroponics. So, like a semi-container or one yep. of those shipping containers. A shi- it was exactly was a shipping container, and the reason they use the shipping container is because it's all insulated already. Yeah. So they can take it up and use it where it's really cold. They said anywhere from forty below to one hundred twenty degrees, the weather stays consistent within the freight farm. Wow, that's interesting stuff. Oof. I did actually catch an interview with them too, so oh, good, we'll be good. hearing we'll more hear about that in the later. Future. That'll be good. And uh, did any of our Wisconsin professional finalists finalists win? We did. We had, I believe, three of them. Oh, three of them. Yep. Okay. Brooke Casey won hers, and oh, just let me get my paper here. Uh I know Brooke Casey won hers in veterinary science. Where's she from? Uh, New London FFA. Okay, over east. Yep, and then uh, landscape management. 
Ethan Lulich from Moston FFA mm-hmm. one. Down at Moston, Ethan, good for him. And then vegetable production, Cody Hudzak from Wyoiga Fremont FFA was first. Good. All right. So, so congratulations, to all those students. We did not get a national officer. We did not get a na- national officers. But what's interesting is our national officers, the presidents from Michigan, the secretaries from Missouri. We've got one in Iowa and one in Ohio. Oh wow! Tells it's a lot of Midwest leadership. Yep, and then and then the other two are from Florida and New Mexico. All right. So again, wrapping up a successful. What was the highlight for you? Um, I just like to be so immersed in agriculture. I think that is the best part. Who is the most exotic? Did you talk to students from other parts of the country? I always like to talk to students from, like, Puerto Rico or Virgin Islands or Philadelphia or someplace like that that you don't think of traditional agricultural areas and find out what their programs are all about. I did talk to different students from other places, but Mm -hmm. I talked to some from Georgia, Mm -hmm. and they think that we live in sub-zero weather here in Wisconsin. (laughs) They well, act- <laughs> in Hawala, well, they won't be far from the truth. <laughs> right, but they think we're 24-7 in Sub-Zero. Oh. Um, they had a little bit of a hard time down there. It was in the it was in the 40s for the first couple of days, and then we oh, slid what? up into the 50s. And I said, oh, no, this is just, this is good. This, this is, is good, good weather. Oh. Yeah, I chatted and interviewed a young man from Colorado. Okay. And we talked uh, weather, we talked what he's going to do in the future, and... And I'm hoping to slip him in somewhere along the oh, line good. here, I'm too. I'm sure we'll get him in. Because, and we want to thank our sponsors who sponsored all of Jill's reports that we've already heard and some coming up again. And the Ag Country Financial, Compere Financial, and Citizen State Bank and Loyal. So we thank all those folks for supporting uh, Jill and her efforts down there at the, what was that, the 96th convention? 96th National FFA Convention. They don't have a theme anymore, do they? So much? Or did yeah, they, did they have a theme uh, for it? I don't. I didn't know if I heard. <laughs> evolve. It evolve. Evolve was okay. the word this year. All right, and uh, now we look forward to next year, the ninety seventh FFA National Convention. A lot of memories for a lot of people going to the FFA convention over the years. Down in Kansas City, it's been in Louisville and Indianapolis. Good thing. Good kids doing good things. That's for sure. Now we'll talk about uh, the crops today and uh, cheese production in Wisconsin. Northern Wisconsin State Fair had their big gala over the weekend, and uh, they crowned a new fairest of the fair. Who's the new fairest of the fair at the Northern Wisconsin State Fair? Courtney Raymond. All right. And, and then the fairest attendant is Morgan Wirtz, and the honorable mention is Gabby Tillman. All right, so congratulations to those young ladies. Courtney Raymond, we'll get a hold of Courtney here soon and have a chat with her and find out what uh, her plans are, why she wanted to be the fairest of the fair for the Northern Wisconsin State Fair and a lot of other activities that go on during the year promoting the fair. Courtney and uh, Morgan will be doing that, so we'll uh, we'll catch up with them here pretty soon. But the fair, when's the fair next year? It runs July 10th through the 14th. All right, so uh, again people from georgia think it's cold up here we gotta we gotta think about july and the fair all right lots of things to talk about lots of things to do as we said we'll take a look at the crop how far along the harvest is going and the lights are coming on earlier in the combines now with the time change they absolutely are but they're rolling out there it is uh, a lot of beans coming off right now we'll tell you about uh, what we can expect for more harvesting weather agriculture 
It's the Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Yeah, spring training can be a little different this year in Arizona with Craig Council gone. Now the managed Chicago Cubs. That's probably the biggest news story of all that we've got, whether it be politics or agriculture or whatever. Craig Council surprised me by going to the Chicago Cubs. I think when the Cubs come to American Family Field for the first game of the year that they play in American Family Field, the boos are going to be very, very loud. I think he kind of disappointed a lot of people by going to the Cubs. More power to him. He's going to make $8 million a year. I'd have probably done the same thing, but uh, not a good PR move, but uh, that was his decision. So, Craig Council, manager of the Cubs. Cloudy today, 46, and maybe later on during the day or tonight, Way up north, uh, northern counties could see a little snow flying. 39 the overnight low, 45 tomorrow with a chance of uh, some precipitation off and on, nothing real heavy. Then just kind of uh, cloudy with a little sun right on through next Sunday. Temperature's going to be in the 40s. And uh, speaking of the 40s, it's 40 degrees right now. Tuesday morning at Wax. Glad to have you along. And thanks, everybody, for the uh, birthday wishes. I had a birthday yesterday. <laughs> They just keep on a coming, <laughs> which is a good thing, and I appreciate all the all the good uh, good notes that I got. Hey, it's uh, five o'clock. This is one hundred four point five FM WAXX Eau Claire. Here's what's happening. NBC News Radio. I'm Trey Thomas. Senate Republicans are unveiling a list of immigration reforms they want attached to any foreign aid package for Ukraine. The proposal from Senators Lindsey Graham, Tom Cotton, and James Langford includes border wall construction, more pay for border patrol agents, and changes to the nation's asylum laws. The GOP senators want to end the so-called catch-and-release policy. President Biden has requested more than $105 billion for aid for Ukraine Israel, the Indo-Pacific, and the southern border. Former President Trump has testified in his historic New York civil trial accusing him and his company of committing fraud. He wants the case tossed. It's a case that should have never been brought, and it's a case that should be immediately dismissed. Trump repeatedly sparred with the judge in the case as prosecutors pressed him on his financial records. At one point, the judge called on Trump's lawyers to control their client. New York's Democratic Attorney General is accusing Trump of inflating his net worth to obtain more favorable loans. Five Republican candidates will take the stage Wednesday night in Miami for the third GOP presidential debate. Chris Christie, Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy, and Tim Scott will take part in the debate. North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum fell short of the criteria, and former President Trump will once again be skipping the event. Prosecutors have until next month to hand over DNA evidence to the judge in the Idaho student murder case. Lisa Taylor has more. The judge set the deadline so he can determine what evidence is admissible. Brian Koberger is accused in the fatal stabbings of University of Idaho students last November. Koberger could face the death penalty if convicted. It's unclear when the trial will start. You're listening to NBC News Radio. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, the harvest will be continuing as we really don't have anything for precipitation. Maybe later on tonight, way up north, some snow. Chance of precipitation on Wednesday. I don't think it's a real big chance, but temperatures are going to be in the 40s 
right on through at least Sunday, and uh, the breeze is, uh, wind's going to die down a little bit from yesterday. It was awfully, awfully breezy and windy yesterday, so that will die down as well. We've got about a 46-degree forecast for the high today, and it'll probably be within two, three, four degrees of that right on through Sunday. 37 in Rice Lake, 35 in Medford, 38 in Marshfield this morning, 43 at La Crosse, Green Bay, Madison, and Sun Prairie, 48 in Milwaukee, and it's kind of a pleasant 40 degrees right now outside our back door. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, Rural Mutual Insurance bringing us our look at the markets on this Tuesday morning. And Jill, how's the livestock look so far? Choice fed beef steers are 174 to 184 with mixed steers at 173 and down. Choice fed beef heifers are 173 to 183 with mixed heifers at 114 to 172. Finished dairy cross steers and heifers are 135 to 179. Choice fed Holstein steers are 154 to 166 with select and silage fed steers 156 and down. Cows are 74 to 94 with the top of 119. Bulls are 90 to 119. Butcher hogs are 47 to 81 with sows at 38 to 44 and boars at 18 to 21. New crop market lambs are 170 to 190. Feeder lambs are 90 to 215 with ewes at 47 to 117. Small goats are 5 to $160. Medium goats are 50 to $250. Large goats are 115 to $400 with nanny goats at 5 to $250. At the Mercantile Exchange yesterday, cattle prices were down. Hogs were up. December live cattle closed 181.32. Down two fifty five. February cattle one eighty one ninety seven. Down three and a quarter. April at one eighty four sixty. Down three twenty two. And June down three o two at one seventy nine sixty seven. Feeder cattle again they were lower. November two thirty seven seventeen. That's down three forty two. January down three thirty two at two thirty six forty two. March feeder cattle two thirty nine ten. Finishing three dollars and twenty five cents lower. April down three twenty seven at two forty two eighty five and May down three thirty seven at two forty six twenty five. Hogs as we said were lower. December contract seventy two forty, that's up sixty five. February hogs seventy five ninety five up forty seven. April eighty one twenty five, that was up fifty two cents. And May lean hog carcass contracts finished eighty six seventy seven, that was up forty five. Board of trade yesterday in the day trade. Corn was a quiet trade. Beans were up 12, though. There's a little concern about some dry weather in Brazil as they get into the planting and early growing season. Overnight, December corn down 3 cents, 474. March corn also down 3 at 489. December oats down a nickel at 363. The wheat down 4 at 571. March soybeans down 2 to 3 cents overnight at 1375. Meal up $1.40 at 43890. Barrel cheese down six cents, one fifty-eight. The blocks were up three and a half at a dollar seventy. That's the only up arrow we got to report. Butter, what a roller coaster! Down nine and three quarters yesterday at three oh one. Earlier last week that was over three thirty a pound, but down down to three oh one. Class three lower. November and December both down sixteen cents. November at seventeen seventeen. December at seventeen eleven. January down eighteen at seventeen twenty. February down one at seventeen seventy one. And March. Down eight at eighteen oh seven. Prices mostly down through next summer. So that's where we are. We're going back to the FFA. Who are we going to talk to? We're going to talk to the Grant and FFA members that participated in egg communication. All right. So again, 
Grant and FFA coming to you from the convention in Louisville. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We're at the 96th National FFA Convention in Indianapolis, Indiana. National qualifying teams. It's always fun to hear about some locals that get to show their stuff here at the National Convention. I caught up with Grant and FFA members, Lizzie Reinhardt, Jordan Berg, Tori Seif, and Kennedy Young. They did something pretty special for Miss Reader down here. First of all, Lizzie, what did you guys compete in? The Agricultural Communications Career Development event. And is this the first one that Miss Reader has had? This is uh, our ag teacher, Mrs. Reader's first national team, so she was really excited. And what were some of those steps to get you down here? Well, we had to start off competing at state convention, and for that we had to create a brief media plan as well as our media plan presentation. We went to convention, we presented that plan, and then we also had to take some grammar, spelling, and other agricultural communications-related exams. And I'm going to slide right over to Jordan. Tell me a little bit more about the project. Specifically, what did you guys advertise? So this year, the Wisconsin FFAs and the National FFAs overarching theme for us to do was a media plan about an alumni member in our area or our state who has been an outstanding uh, supporter of us, but then to promote that to members that will be coming, be becoming alumni members or to alumni members currently to get more involved. This year we chose our outstanding Shar Johnson from the Grant and FFA. She was the person we decided to promote, so we did that by you know, a get-to-know Char slide, something about her contributions and her achievements, and then we talked about social media posts and different radio advertisements and television advertisements to kind of get that story out there. And Tori, what was your talent that you brought into this group, this team, for the ag communications? So I was our journalistic writer when we did our... Um our like categories so everyone has different categories lizzie was our video producer jordan was our opinion writer and kennedy was our um our website designer so i focused on the journalistic writing so i had to write like a newspaper article about um a topic they gave us what did you include and how did you do your research to get that article written well um for the state competition they give you a topic and then you kind of just like you get a press kate the day of when you have the competition and then you can't do any other research except what they give you. So then you have to write it on that. But for the national competition, we got to write it on what our, um, our slideshow was on, which was Char Johnson. Since I've already gone through the process of putting the slideshow together and making our strategic plan and things like that, it was kind of just using that and then converting it over to a newspaper article. And Kennedy, presenting a, your project here at the national convention, does everybody get to stand behind the table and tell what they did in order to make this project go? Yeah, we all described like what we best could of our slideshow. Our media plan was very detailed about Char, and they asked us questions about our media plan and our slideshow. And they had some pretty good questions, a little difficult, but we got them through. And those questions, a lot of times, do they aim at your deeper knowledge? Yeah, they aim at deeper things that we m- may have a little struggle with. But we answered them pretty well. They didn't have too many questions, which made us think we did pretty good. And you did compete down here. What did you end up bringing home? We brought home a plaque that we will get to engrave of what we earned and what we did. And your rating was? Bronze. You going to try for it next year? 
Definitely. Ah, some good students from the Granton FFA, and uh, they received a bronze? They received a bronze, and their one thing they would like to know more about is what they could do better. So the feedback from the judges, they were looking for more of that, and and I find that I like hearing that because that means that they're very coachable and they mm-hmm. want to do better. Oh, good for them. And we'll have more programs with more of the students that were down. Those three young ladies, you remember off the top of your head, those three, there are two, <laughs> I don't know how many you were talking to. I was engrossed in listening. Well, it was uh, Lizzie Reinhardt was the first one. Um, and the other ones, I'm sorry. Right, well, I didn't we'll write f- it down. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll find it. But uh, Grant and FFA did a wonderful job down there. And it's quarter after five. We've got more farm news to take a look at this morning right here on Wax. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And Jill's got some farm news uh, coming back from Indianapolis, driving to and fro. You drove through some expensive farmland. And those prices, they just seem to be keep going up. And according to Progressive Farmer Magazine, recent online auction sales of 1,817 acres of land broken into 21 tracks in Illinois and Indiana sold for a total of $7.52 million. Three of those tracks, 441 acres, are in Illinois and sold for $9,642 an acre. 18 tracks... 1,376 acres are in various counties in Indiana and averaged over $10,000 an acre. 158 acres of Iowa cropland sold for 2.21 million acres for an average of $13,987 an acre. And uh, 1,523-acre Louisiana all-precision, all-precision level farm with 14 irrigation wells sold for $10.97 million, or $7,203 an acre. I kind of wish I owned some of that yeah, to really. be able to sell it. But yeah, I that's know. right. <laughs> but uh, let's talk some cheese. Wisconsin cheesemakers produce more, produce more than 285 million pounds of cheese in September, but that is down 2.5% compared to last year. We led the nation in cheddar production with 52.6 million pounds and produced just over 90 million pounds of mozzarella. That's second in the nation. Our cheesemakers also produce more than more Italian-type cheese, over 139 million pounds, than any other state. A total che- in total cheese production, California came in second with 202 million pounds in September. Idaho was third, and New Mexico was fourth. All right. And coming up, we're going to talk to another Jill. Jill Bramble. She's the new national president and CEO of the uh, 4-H Council. And she's from out east, and I learned a little bit about her and and um, why she's so um, involved in 4-H and immersed in it. All right. So uh, she is coming up, that conversation Jill had with Jill. So we'll uh, we'll get that done. Again, 40 degrees right now, kind of a cloudy day today, 46. Maybe later on, way up north, our northern county is going to see a little snow flurry, but not much. Best chance of precipitation is not a big one, and that's coming up tomorrow. National uh, 4-H leader coming up, president and CEO of the National 4-H here on WAX. WAX 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. There's a new that took over 
as the president and CEO of National 4-H Council, Jill Bramble. But she's not new to 4-H. She's a fourth-generation 4-H'er. This is Jill Welke at the northern end of the world's longest barn here in Eau Claire. And I'm just so happy to talk to Jill Bramble. She's the president and CEO of the National 4-H Council. She's been at the job for two months. And why did you decide to be this interested and this immersed in 4-H? My family uh, owns a dairy farm on the very rural eastern shore of Maryland. And as a young person growing up in a very rural community that had not a lot of access, to programs and and services for young people, 4-H was really the only uh, program in the area, and I was involved as early as I could be, and I gained so much from my experience in 4-H, and I can spend the rest of my days trying to pay forward and give back to this organization that gave so much to me. And I believe our country needs more 4-H'ers today, now more than ever. And so we have a lot of work to do, but I think 4-H is an organization that meets kids where they are and uh, develops them with marketable job skills and life skills so they are ready for what lies ahead. What are some of those talents that you got from 4-H? You know, one of the things that, I believe 4-H does is build resilience in young people. We do that through young people having the opportunity to lead today at 8 years old, 10 years old, 12 years old, being able to have ideas of changes to make in their community, presenting ideas to county commissioners alongside of their adult volunteers and extension educators helping to bring programs to younger children in their community. There is a very hands-on leadership training that is provided in 4-H that I think is very unique. I think the other thing that I feel from my time in 4-H is that 4-H is a place where you can try new things and you can fail those things and it's okay to fail. There are projects that I did in 4-H that I was not good at at all but I learned how to reset my goals. I learned how to come back and do it better. I learned what I needed to do to improve and either win at a competition or feel successful in a project area. As adults, we want our kids to feel good. We want them to always succeed. We know that's not the realities of what kids grow up and face in their life, whether it's in school or in their family, their community, their career eventually. They will experience failure, and 4-H provides the ability to know that's okay. I can reset my goals. I can try again, the world's not going to come to an end, and there's a resilience that comes from that that I think is an invaluable life skill. I'm curious as to what your focus is going to be on new ideas at the national level to bring out the successes of 4-H'ers and let them learn from their failures. I think one of the things that we are very fortunate 
is to um, have the opportunity at National 4-H Council to support the cooperative extension system and to be able to bring innovation and new ideas along with extension, but to be able to provide that nationally. An e-learning system called Clover by 4-H where extension can provide their content and their materials and educational curriculum at a national level so kids can plug into that regardless of where they live. So if your local extension educator um, does not have the background or the experience in, let's say, computer science, you can still be involved in your local 4-H program, but you could also tap into computer science 4-H curriculum that is provided by another extension program across the country. And so it's this kind of hybrid, the in-person experience is so important locally, but being able to tap into the resources at a national level also complements and provides a digital experience um, in partnership with that in-person experience. So Clover by 4-H is one of those innovative new ideas that we are bringing at the national level, but we are doing that in partnership with Cooperative Extension. Well, you brought in the Cooperative Extension, and that's at the local level. Here in Wisconsin, we have struggled a bit with keeping the educators engaged with members. Is there any plans at the national level to help that encouragement and do some more training to keep Extension involved in 4-H? So one of the things that we have been partnering with Extension on and providing nationally are positive youth development academies. And those are for the adults. And that is a way um, that local educators and extension staff can plug into the latest science in youth development, different topic areas that, that they can tap into for their own professional development so it doesn't have to be recreated in every state. I'm a little curious on what the enrollment is for 4-H across the nation. So the enrollment has stayed fairly stable at 6 million young people ages 5 to 18 on an annual basis. And 4-H reaches every single county in America. We are the largest youth development um, in enrollment size across the country. Um, we certainly, like many other organizations, saw changes during the pandemic. There was a little drop-off but we are seeing that come back really strong. We're seeing the need be even greater than before as young people are, are recognizing the value of meeting in person. Adults are seeing that they need to be um, together and that local community program is so vitally important. At the same time, we are providing a complement and we're bolstering that ability to engage kids locally with Clover by 4-H, which can be a complement and help extend the volunteers and the educators in the local community to make sure we're providing the content and meeting kids where they are. And you've only been at this job for two months. What do you see 4-H turning into in the future? 4-H is a pathway to economic mobility 
for millions of kids and families and communities. So I want to be a leader that embraces that, that embraces the unique assets we have as a system backed by uh, universities and grassroots in every single county across this country. And again, that's Jill Bramble, who is the new National 4-H Council president and CEO. And you kind of caught up to her when she's still wet behind the ears in that job. Yep, she just started, and and but she's she's actually been in the organization for quite a while. Oh, I so would imagine she has been not uh, not new to it. But something interesting: there are six million 4-Hers in the nation. Oh yeah, it's a big program, no question about it. Great, great youth program. 4-H, not just cows and plows and cooking anymore. Absolutely, so much more. Absolutely. So, again, good luck to Jill Bramble as she takes over the National 4-H Council. 5.30 in the morning, market's coming up. Rocky's going to show up from over at Premier Livestock. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Busy, busy times over at Premier Livestock in with you. Rocky Olson going to join us to tell us about that. Market started uh, yesterday. We got the uh, big feeder sale today. You had the big machinery auction. Man, oh man, it's about time for you to take some time off, you guys. Yeah, I don't know. It never slows down, but I guess that's that's what we're after. So yeah, that's right. The machinery auction sale went well. It did. Yep, yep. Had a nice sale there for sure. It's not quite at the levels we were at no. uh, a couple years ago, but, but it's, it's harvest still good. time. It's harvest time too. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, that's good to hear. And I know you had a sale yesterday, and now you got a big one today, so get us caught up. Uh, thank you, Bob. Good morning, everyone. This is how the week is shaping up so far here at Premier Livestock. Fed cattle trading steady. High choice and prime Holstein steers 153 to 165. Low choice and selects 140 to 152. Choice beef steers and heifers up to $1.76. Your market cows, uh, mostly the high yielding cows from $1 to $1.20, many from 80 to 99 certified organic cows mostly 120 to 156 today tuesday uh, that's going to be our special feeder cattle auction very very large auction we're expecting well over a thousand head of feeder cattle also have a nice run of bread beef cows we start that sale at 11 o'clock a.m if you're bringing bread beef cows they need to be in before 9 a.m for preg checks tomorrow wednesday we got two uh, dairy cattle auction we got two dairy herds i uh, got an 80 cow parlor freestall holstein herd we got a herd number two is going to be 70 Jersey tie stall cows, plus many other reputation loads of top fresh cows and bringing heifers. Uh, also have some nice breeding bulls, including a fancy uh, registered red and white breeding bull big enough for cows. Also, hay auction, don't forget that's every single Wednesday, guys. Everybody's looking for hay. We need more hay. Uh, excellent demand. We take in hay six days a week. All the details on the early consignments, detailed consignment listings, market reports, upcoming sales schedules, check that out at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Uh, once again, any questions, call us, 715-229-2500. And that's how it shapes up, Bob. All right. Sounds good. And, uh, again, you got uh, things squared away. When's the next special sale of any kind coming up? Oh, boy. Uh, March is going to be our next machinery okay. sale. All right. So we'll mark that on the calendar. But that's that's a day or two away. That's a day or two away. All okay. right. So. Hey, thanks, Rocky. Have a good one. You too. Thank you. There he goes. That's Rocky Olson over at Premier Livestock and with you. We'll check on our weather forecast. Uh, not too bad as the harvest is going to continue with this kind of weather. As we said, with daylight saving time, the lights on the combines are going on earlier and earlier in the day. And it'll be that way, what, 
shorter days every time now through right just before Christmas. So we'll check the weather, see what we got to look forward to. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We're keeping it rural. We're keeping it kind of dusty, too. I was out uh, last night. And I saw dust. I thought, what in the world? Are we having a tornado here? No, that was the combine. I saw the finally saw the lights through the dust. It was so thick. But the combines are out and rolling. So, again, be careful out there if you're driving around because they want to get this harvest finished. Let's find out if uh, Mike Dandry is going to help or not over at 13 First Alert Weather. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. How, how can I help? Well, you're gonna. Well, I, you're gonna settle the dust at all here or not? Uh, I'll do my best. Yeah. All right. At least, <laughs> but I don't see much uh, for settling the dust. But we do want to get this crop off too. What do we got to look forward to? It looks pretty, pretty mundane the next week or so. Yeah, we'll have uh, today pretty dry, but we won't have those winds like we had yesterday. Our winds will be more out of the north today, pretty light, 5 to 10 miles per hour. As we'll have temperatures climbing to the mid-40s, mainly cloudy, could have a few peaks of sunshine from time to time. Now tonight, we'll have a couple chances at some showers, mainly cloudy, upper 30s. And for tomorrow, chance at some showers early on, mainly cloudy in the mid to upper 40s. But then Thursday, that's where we start to clear things out. Our highs only in the mid 40s, but this comes as our winds will pick up quite a bit out of the northwest. And we could have winds gusting upwards of 30 to 35 miles per hour. This cools us off for Friday and Saturday with our highs in the low 40s. Sunday, more sunshine returns. Winds pick up out of the south, and that'll help warm things up back to the upper 40s. And for Monday, could be back in the low to even mid 50s with more sunshine. But right now, mostly cloudy sky and a temperature of 39 degrees in Eau Claire. 39, and way up north, maybe a flurry later on today or tonight, huh? Uh, tonight it's possible, but uh, I think with a lot of places that'll be staying in the 30s, or mm-hmm. excuse me, the upper 30s, uh, it's most likely going to be more of a drizzle, but a few snowflakes oh, okay. further up to the north will uh, possibly mix in. All right, we'll see what happens. All righty, Bob, you have yourself a good one. You bet. Thanks, Mike. Mm-hmm. Mike Dandry over at 13 First Alert Weather as we're 24 minutes before 6 o'clock. Nobody turned the clock back. I was going to say 7 because that's what our clock says. we got to fix the clock. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Let's find out what else is going on around the area. As we go into the newsroom, Morgan McCarthy is up and at him and with us and did you enjoy your extra hour of beauty sleep over the weekend? Well, we turned the clocks back, but you jumped forward a year. Happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, I did. How about that? I did. How you doing Didn't over there? Huh? Can you tell? I got more gray hair than I had the day last time you saw me? Not a one. Any more wrinkles? Not a one. <laughs> Just some more smile lines and no, stories. you supposed to be an honest impartial mm-hmm. news reporter here. This is, I think you just gave us some fake news. Well, hey, to be fair, my glasses are pretty dirty oh, on the lens, okay, so I well, can't really see uh, that clearly over there. <laughs> Looking every bit as good as you uh, did last year, oh, Bob. There you go. I appreciate that. What's going on? We're going to start with headlines that keep us uh, pretty close to our area. Good morning. Learning from the courts now that prosecutors in Barron County are cleared in that deadly officer-involved shooting that happened last month in Rice Lake with the Barron County DA's office saying off Officers who shot and killed Zachary Vitek back on October 8th were justified. Off investigators saying he had stabbed one person in an apartment where he lived and tried to stab another. Officers fired when they say he came at them with a knife as well. Three officers involved in the shooting, none of them will face charges. As we look into some other headlines, a plan to guarantee seats at UW schools to top performing students in the state is up for vote, but not everybody's hand is in the air for that one. Now, the proposal would automatically 
give a spot at any University of Wisconsin school, and that would include UW-Madison, to kids who either graduate in the top 5% of their class or score in the top 5% on their ACTs. The goal, supporters say, is to keep Wisconsin's best and brightest here in our state. We'll show you different sides so you can decide, though, some pushback from some, including the universities who say they're not sold of the idea to guarantee spots to anyone. Well, we'll talk sports when it comes to the NFL world coming to Green Bay. We now have dates for the draft at late April of 2025. And the league saying you can circle April 24th, 5th, and 26th as when the draft comes, as Green Bay leaders are hoping for hundreds of thousands of fans to flood the city for that event. As we leave the football field and look to the diamond, a lot of people not putting Craig Hansel at the uh, top of their favorite people list today. Maybe unless you're suited up in a Cubbies jersey. Brewers fans, though, took that as a little bit of a surprise yesterday as Craig Hansel announced he will make the shift and now reportedly manage the Chicago Cubs and about $8 million a year to make that shift, both in jerseys and dugouts. And following its success last year, we're going to hop to the Big Apple where they're starting early when it goes to the holiday season. Open streets and ready to go. Mayor Adams announced this year's plan and it will set a record for the city's largest largest ever holiday season-specific open streets, expanding geographically by nearly 25% to reach Central Park. It'll run on Sundays, December 3rd, 10th, and 17th between noon and 6 p.m. This year, the Fifth Avenue Corridor will be fully open to pedestrians between 48th and 59th Streets, along with the area around Rockefeller Center and Radio City. The significant expansion of public space in one of the world's busiest neighborhoods this time of year is expected to ease crowding significantly, enabling access to holiday window displays, while also enhancing public safety for pedestrians. Liz Warner, NBC News Radio, New York. And on that note, the Rockefeller tree will be heading that way, too, as they start to wrap that in lights, getting to that time of year again in the season. But of course, chores always have to be done, no matter what the calendar says. We better head back to the barn with Bob Bolsold, Jill Welke, and your Midwest Farm Report on Wax 104.5. Craig Council, I think he still has daughters in high school, doesn't he? He's got two boys that play he's baseball He's only for in college. his early 50s, yeah, I yeah, think so. so I think he, and I, I hope, and I don't know if he's going to move out of Milwaukee or not and move into Chicago. Chicago, or if he wants to keep his house in Milwaukee, you know, that's his decision. But I hope people don't harass his daughters in school. I mean, oh, that's I know. not it's, fair. It has nothing to do with no, the kids. No, no absolutely mean, not. Then they just want to be probably normal kids and finish yeah. out their school year and play on the teams they're used yeah. to playing for and yeah. having that own experience. And I hope they go to the Cubs games wearing Brewer uniforms. I hope they've been raised as Brewer fans. And once a fan, always a fan. Yeah, I think that's exactly. it, No matter who you cheer yeah. for, you have your hometown team. And at the end of the day, it's sports. It's supposed yeah, to be for exactly. fun. Well, you, yeah, and right. $8 million yeah. dollars $8 a year million for, million for fun. Yeah, okay. I can tell you how much fun I could have for $8 million a year, Bob. <laughs> uh, see you later. <laughs> you bet. There goes Morgan in the newsroom this morning on WAX. Agriculture. It's the Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And Farm First Dairy Cooperative district meetings are upon us. This Friday will be the first one. It'll be at noon at the Country Air. That's just north of Stratford on 97. Hopefully you can get there with the construction they got going on in 29 uh, up north there. Hopefully you can get there, but allow a little extra time because they've got 29 shut off or about, or not shut off, but down to one lane each way uh, about uh, that section. So again, uh, this Friday will be the first one, November 10th, noon at the Country Air in Stratford. You can find out all about uh, the things that uh, Farm First is advocating and what they do for you. And again, 
member appreciation dinners. For the noon meetings, registration begins at 11.30, so 11.30 this Friday over at the Country Air in Stratford to hear what uh, Farm First is doing. And we've got uh, more meetings coming up next week on the 15th at the American Legion in Greenwood. That'll also be a noon meeting. So, again, they're coming up, and we'll keep you posted and updated on those meetings for Farm First Dairy Cooperative. Right now, Jerry Clark is with us, and Jerry, of course, Chippewa Dunn, Eau Claire County Crops and Soils agent. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Bob. Well, the combines are rolling again after that snow slowed us down for a day or two. Yeah, the last few days, uh, you definitely see the action back out there. Oh, uh, yeah. We're and uh, we're going to talk to Jerry about a grain market. But I want to ask both of you guys. I was my birthday yesterday, and I was uh, we were talking. I know we were talking about uh, you know taking a vacation, driving out to Mount Rushmore out west, and country music was going on. I would listen to country music in the background, obviously listen to wax, but but the thought crossed my mind, combining Mount Rushmore and country music. If you were going to put a Mount Rushmore together of country music, who would be the four? Now, it's only four faces on Mount Rushmore. Who would be the four in your mind that should be, and I want, uh, if you're out there listening this morning, think about this too, doing chores or whatever, think about it, and then email me, waxbob at gmail.com, and tell me who you think the four faces of country music should be on Mount Rushmore. I mean, you go all the way back to, you know, Tex Ritter, all the way to the modern, and uh, who do you think should be the four on Mount Rushmore of country music? I don't know, we'll build it in Nashville someplace or whatever. Jill, who do you think? I'd put George Strait, Dolly Parton, Loretta Lynn, and Alan Jackson on there. Not Garth Brooks? All right. Well, I like George Strait well, better than fine. I like Garth Brooks. But not who you like, who you well, think the most influential people. Well, that's kind in, of my era of people, I well, guess. Okay. Jer, what do you think? And again, there's no right or wrong answer. Yeah. I, I, I mean, Garth Brooks came to my mind, yeah. anyway, because that's kind of. In the wheelhouse. Um, I thought Dolly Parton as well. Patsy yep. Klein. I thought yep. was kind of an That'd innovator one too. along that one. And then uh, the fourth one, I think uh, someone like uh, Alan Jackson or someone that had a very unique style to him. Willie Nelson's got to be on there, doesn't he? <laughs> I mean, you. I mean, that's what I said. There's yeah. no right or wrong answers, but I mean, you know, it, it's an interesting. I just thought of that, and all all kinds of names came to you know Jeepers. There's a lot of them out there. And who but, would you put on there? Well, Willie Nelson, Garth Brooks, Dolly Parton, and Patsy Cline. You know, she sang, uh, she had a couple of big hits, and she was big. I, I don't know. I, that's what I said. There's no right or wrong answer. But again, I want you out there doing chores or whatever to think about it, too. There's no right or wrong answers. But uh, again, waxbob at gmail.com. When you get a chance, and uh, we'll, we'll breed some of those on the air in the future. Who the forum? Country music should be on a Mount Rushmore of country music. All right, well, that, that's off topic, but uh, <laughs> it's good radio topic. Well, whatever. <laughs> but uh, hey, we got a more important topic uh, for farming: a grain marketing course that uh, we haven't had for. We used to have some of those, but we haven't had them because of uh, extenuating circumstances with COVID and different things. But they're coming back. What's going on, Jer? Yeah. So. Um Katie Wontok, our farm management specialist, has been leading the charge on on this pro- project uh, program that's coming up. But it's a crop insurance and grain marketing course. It's kind of a hybrid between uh, uh, online, what UW Extension delivers in terms of a Canvas course, they call it. But it's an online course. And then we're combining that with a kickoff meeting and several 
in-person meetings uh, to kind of get the participants involved with real uh, marketing activities. There will be a case farm that we work through uh, throughout the uh, winter months. Uh, so this is just a series of meetings regarding uh, crop insurance, uh, any grain marketing strategies, uh, looking at uh, how to determine market uh, changes, some of the fundamentals, some a few technical types of things to work with. But uh, we're going to kick this off on December 7th. That will be an in-person meeting here in Eau Claire at the Best Western uh, Conference Center. And we have Corey Walters from UD- uh, excuse me, University of uh, Nebraska-Lincoln as their uh uh, farm economist, uh, grain marketing specialist. Mm-hmm. He's going to lead us through some of the strategies and kind of that outlook type of thing uh, to kick this whole project off. Uh, those that come to that's a free program that's going to be uh, helped and sponsored by uh, Compere Financial and Badgerland Financial. And they'll, uh, at that meeting, we'll, we'll learn about the uh, some of the marketing strategies as well as crop insurance, uh, some crop input types of things. Uh, outlook going into 2024 growing season but then that's going to also lead to uh, those that attend you can get a reduced rate for this canvas course this online course mm-hmm. and the rest of the remainder of the the winter season which will be about seven to eight different uh, meetings throughout the winter and each each day is going to have a different topic and those will be online more um well there'll be a combination of okay. uh, there's about eight modules to work through online okay. Right. But then there will also be uh, three to four, maybe five uh, in-person ones oh, good, to kind of follow good, up on good, what good. they've learned online. Mm-hmm. So it's a hybrid type of course. And are you going to have, now you mentioned the gentleman coming from Nebraska, any actual traders, grain traders going to be involved in this? So they're, how they look at their strategy from day to day of yeah, be weather some of the, and yep. politics and all that Correct. stuff? There'll be some of that involved with the in-person ones uh, following okay. the kickoff one. So January through March is when we plan to run these four to six different in-person meetings. Uh, Steve Akinick and Trempolo Jackson yep. County will be helping myself uh, put those on, but we'll also be bringing in several different speakers as well. Now, again, the first one is when? December 7th. Here in Eau Claire. Yep. Here okay. In okay. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Pearl Arbor Day. Yes, correct. All yep. right. That'd be a good way to remember it. And, now, uh, and do they, and again... Did you say no registration is needed to show well, up? No, registration oh. will be needed for this okay, one. Okay. Um, if you attend the one on December 7th, there'll be a reduced rate for the Canvas, that okay. online course and the remainder of but the... But you want them to call you or Steve? Uh, either one. There is a... Katie's also another okay, op- okay. option, too. So the three of us will get you in touch with... Uh, What's uh, the easiest way if they to find your phone numbers? Or, oh. or websites or whatever. Yeah, I guess the easiest way is just to uh, do a search for Division of Extension. You should be able to pop up. Uh, all our county offices are listed there and track us down that way. Uh, otherwise, um, you can always contact our Chippewa office at 726-7955, and we'll get you going. All right, so that's coming up. First one, December 7th. What do you estimate now since we got back in the fields? How many beans are left in Chippewa County, Dunn County, Eau Claire County? We may be down to... 10% are standing. Yeah. Uh, we okay. got quite a few peeled off the other yeah, day. But yeah, some they were going last night. Corn, more, more corn than that has to come off, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. How much corn do you think is going to be standing for the deer hunt? 365-day hybrids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a few out there. It'll be interesting what happens around Thanksgiving. But yeah. Hopefully the weather holds. I hope so. All right, thanks, Jerry. All right, thanks, Bob. Jerry Clark, Chippewa, Claire, Dunn County, Crops and Soils. And we're going to get to markets. We're going to get to Jerry Fitzgerald because... Uh, Old hut down there at Sparta didn't put a market report together for yesterday's sale activity. So we'll get Jerry Fitzgerald on the line next here on Wax. 
the first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's bring on the only other guy I know that makes $8 million a year to do his job. <laughs> Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Barn. How you doing, buddy? Well, Bob, good morning to you. Uh, well, thank you for the compliment, but uh, I just have to ask you now, uh, very seriously, after a comment like that, uh, you guys been dipping into the eggnog this morning or what? Or? <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see his reception when he comes to Milwaukee, and uh, whatever it is, I guess is what the fans will think. But, uh, yeah, that's then uh, it's hard to turn down $8 million a year. I mean, he was only making $3.5 million in Milwaukee with a raise uh, in coming his way, but he didn't like that. So he's well, on his way to Chicago. And, uh, well, I, I, and hope, I, I, I hope say, I hope nobody says good luck to him. Just uh, see you later. I don't want him to have good luck in Chicago. Cause well, he, I hope he retains his Wisconsin residence so we get some of the tax money. Well, that wouldn't be a bad thing either, that's for sure. No. But it is what it is. What, uh, how'd the first day of the sale go over there at Stratford? We, be, we better do that. Uh, Bob, thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. A busy Monday yesterday here at Equity Stratford. And uh, Cow Market, mostly steady trend yesterday. High-yielding, fleshy, Holstein, and beef cows in yesterday's auction were selling from 97 up to 115. Most of the cows yesterday were selling between 72 and 96. Your thin cows, plain cows, below the $70 money. On the bull trade, on the light test on the bulls, uh, selling mostly from $1.05 to $1.15. Lighter bulls, a dollar and back. Again, a large run of calves yesterday here in Stratford. Good, strong market on the calf market. Good quality, 92, 130-pound Holstein bull calves. 200 to 450 fancy bull calves from 450 to a top of 480. Good demand on the heifer calves, 100 to 270 on those better quality heifer calves. And beef calves just continue to be out of the world here at 350 to 750, up to 785 on yesterday's auction. And a busy week continues here in Stratford. This morning at 10 o'clock, we do have the hay and bedding auction. Uh, folks, we've got a nice selection of hay if you're looking for large squares. we got those large squares a second. We do have a consignment of round bales of barley alfalfa mix, so that'll be interesting. If you guys are looking for something like that, we also have uh, other large squares and small do not have any small squares in the consignment list yet, but usually a couple of those do show up. So anyway, that'll be at 10 o'clock. 11 o'clock will be the dairy cattle auction, followed by the market auction and Keep in mind, folks, every Tuesday here in Stratford, we do sell organic cattle, uh, including organic cows, steers, and whatever you got organic. That'll be for today. Tomorrow, very big feeder cattle sale tomorrow here at Stratford, 12.30 p.m. start time. We're, of course, highlighting the red-headed, red-heighted uh, beef calves, but we do have a lot of other consignments of Black Angus cattle, Holstein cattle, uh, whatever kind of feeder cattle there's. Big feeder cattle sale for tomorrow. So, you folks got some cattle you want to consign? Let us know. Put them on the list. Again, that'll be at 12.30 tomorrow afternoon here at Equity Stratford. And, Bob, uh, I'll throw my two cents in on that um, country music thing, too, if you want me to. Yeah, who's, who's your four on Mount Rushmore of country music? Well, I don't know if uh, we should divide this among uh, men or ladies, but oh, I would. No, if the I top gonna... four influential in country music. I don't care whether they're men or women. That doesn't make any difference. Well, I'd have to... I was going to put Johnny Cash in there, but I'm going to go with Hank Williams Sr., Jim Reeves, um, George Jones, and Patsy Cline. <laughs> you weren't born in the 80s or 90s, were you? <laughs> no, I wasn't. <laughs> well, there's no, like I said, no wrong answers, and uh, they were all influential, that's for sure. Hey, you have a good one. We'll talk to you in the morning. You better enjoy the day. Thank you much. There he goes, Jerry Fitzgerald over at Stratford Sale Barn. Man, he's old. <laughs> 
Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. All right, Board of Trade yesterday, corn was quiet, about unchanged. Beans were up 12 cents, so they're maybe a little dry in Brazil. Overnight, December corn down 3 cents, 474. March corn also down 3 at 489. Oats down a nickel at 363. December wheat down 4 at 571. Soybeans for March down 2 to 3 cents, 1375. December meal up $1.40 at 438.90. And at the elevators? In loyal, new crop corn is at 434 with soybeans at 1264. In Arcadia, corn's at 429 with soybeans at 1278. Chippewa Falls, 403 for corn and soybeans are at 1286. Connorsville, 403 for corn and soybeans at 1286. On the DTN screen at Golden Plump, they're in Arcadia. Corn, 441 today. At Baldwin, 429 and 1272. Durand and Fall Creek both have corn at 429. Beans, 1263. Mondovi, 429 and 1268 on the beans at Elmwood. Corn is 434, beans 1272 at Osseo. Corn 444, beans 1272. Out at Elk Mound, corn is 419, beans at 1278. Sparta 422 and 1261. Ellsworth, corn 419, beans 1263. At the ethanol plants, Boyceville and Stanley, corn 429. New Richmond Grain Facility, 424. Barrel cheese down 6, 158. Blocks up 3.5, $1.70. Butter down 9 and 3 quarters to 301. November and December class three both down sixteen seventeen seventeen for November seventeen eleven for December January down eighteen at seventeen twenty February down one at seventeen seventy one March down eight at eighteen oh seven and that's the way the markets look thirty nine right now cloudy today high of forty six and should be a pretty good week for harvesting as it's going to be in the forties maybe a slight chance of precipitation tomorrow if you're out driving around be careful the equipment's on the roads as well. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. And the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.